so their idea is to have everything connected through you know wireless signals and and everything will be on a network so that every everything knows what everything's doing at all times right that is like a real time network of everything that they could possibly get on the network um we know that that's already exists through consciousness that already exists there everything already is on on the consciousness network so it, it is kind of like a war on on the natural order of things you know what i mean they're they're making their artificial version which is obviously inspired by nature by what you know what already exists so you know if they can get everyone on their system which you know which has already happened for pretty much everything we do um we'll kind of lose more contact with with our intuitive abilities because what what do we need them for right Welcome to the Rational Mystic Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Jim Webb, and I am thrilled to share with you uh, the recent interview that I had with Naeem. Some people have favorite athletes. Uh, maybe you have a favorite musician. If you get into strange enough topics, you may end up with a favorite remote viewer. And Naeem is one of my favorite remote viewers by far. Um, he, uh, I first came across his content on YouTube when I was getting into remote viewing. And his videos are just exceptional to be able to uh, show people uh, the kind of inner mental uh, methodologies of remote viewing and how they work. Beyond that, Naeem is a bit of a modern renaissance man. So he's someone who, in addition to being a remote viewer, is also a musician. He has done graphical art and also has his own clothing line. And as we learn in the uh, in the interview, he's also working on a book. So um, he's, he's definitely... Uh, a man of many talents. Um, in addition to uh, conversations about remote viewing and remote viewing development, we also get into some topics uh, like uh, aliens and UAPs. Uh, we get into topics like psychic defense networks. So a uh, very fun interview, lots of insight, lots of great stories that Naeem shares, uh, including stories just about how he even found his way into some of these strange topics to start with. So I had such a wonderful time speaking with him, learned a lot uh, in these conversations, and I hope you all enjoy this interview with Naeem. appreciate you taking the time to jump on and talk a bunch of, about a bunch of weird stuff. I was sharing before I hit the record button uh, how much I appreciate your online videos and just what you do for uh, the remote viewing community. When I got into remote viewing, uh, a lot of your resources were the ones I first came across and you just broke things down really, really well. So I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, one of the things that uh, sharing is uh, there's always a great mystery for me. I kind of stumbled into remote viewing um, by just, uh, you know, trying some things out and had no idea or conception it would even work. So I know you've been a remote viewer, I think for, uh, is it almost 10 years that you've been viewing? Yeah. Yeah. A little more than 10 years now. Yeah. 
So if you think, think back to that experience when you first got into remote viewing, how did you even find out that it existed? And, and what was that like for you when you first got, got started? I uh, funny story. Um, the, f the first time I ever heard of remote viewing, I was in grade four. <laughs> yeah, we had we had this segment in our school where it was like the uh, randomly the the PA system would come on and it would it would be like it was called deer which meant drop everything and read and so you'd just be in class and then this thing would come on and it'd be like drop everything and read so like cancel cl class would be canceled for like fifteen minutes and you had to like read something you just had to like pick a book and read it and uh, in my class somehow some way there was Courtney Brown's book, uh, Cosmic Voyagers or something like that. One, one of those old, <laughs> one of his older books was in there. And, you know, I just saw this little alien on there or whatever. So I'm just like, okay, let me waste the time and read this, this book. You know what I mean? And so I'm reading it and it's talking about, he's going into craft and talking to aliens. And, you know, I, the word remote viewing was mentioned in there over and over again. So that was the first time I really heard of it. It kind of went over my head at that point, like, you know what I mean? I was too young to really grasp uh, exactly what he was yeah. talking about. The gist of it I got was that this guy's doing some kind of telepathy thing. You know what I mean? I was just like, this is some crazy mind stuff. Um, and it wasn't until maybe great. Yeah. 2010 ish was, um, you know, my, I stopped like my, my parents kind of like cut off the TV. Like I didn't have cable anymore. And, uh, YouTube and the internet was like becoming a place where you would actually go and watch things. Whereas before it was just, I don't know, you have a blog maybe or something like that. And now it was like, you can actually consume like content on there. And I was getting deep into like conspiracy stuff. You know what I mean? Nine eleven, you know, yeah. this and that. And, uh, through that, I s somehow came across the Stargate, you know, just reading about this thing. I was like, yeah, these guys, psychic, uh, psychic spying and remote viewing. And I kind of remembered, I was like, Oh yeah, that's that, that thing. And so I just downloaded anything I could find, you know what I mean? Whatever little, the CRV documents that were around and started just trying it out. You know, I had my, some of my friends like rip out a page of a magazine and put in an envelope or whatever. And yeah, you know, pretty fast. I, I was like, okay, there's, something to this, you know what I mean? Like I could see I was getting some colors, some shapes and stuff like that. And, uh, that kind of, you know, opened my mind to this whole other area of research. You know what I mean? I started, you know, looking at meditation and OBE and, you know, Robert Monroe and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it kind of opened the bag of worms. Um, that was really, that was really how, how it started for me. Yeah. I want to know what was going on in your school that that book was just laying around. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's one of the, you know, I, I think back on that sometimes and I'm just like, that couldn't have been uh, yeah. random. Like, weird. like, yeah, reality is just yeah. stranger than fiction. You know what I mean? It's so like, like your, your destiny was set there at a young age. Yeah. That was pretty weird. <laughs> When you, uh, so you talk about like your first sessions and seeing that you were getting things back. Um, did you have like a moment where it just kind of struck you that like, yeah, I think for some of us, like, uh, you go and you, you start playing around with it, but then you, did you have that kind of sinking feeling that you're like, oh man, this, this is absolutely real. Do you think stand out to you as you went, were you watching kind of that a learning curve as you were going? Yeah. The, yeah. the, like the first couple of times, um, 
I had like a, what I would call like a success where I, you know, I would actually admit to myself, like, Hey, that's pretty scary. Like that looks like it's accurate. You know what I mean? Um, it didn't really, uh, hit me fully at that point. You know, I was probably, um, 18 or something like that. So, you know, I was still a child, you know, doing teenager stuff. So it was like, yeah, it was cool. I was doing this thing, but like none of my friends cared. No one, you know, I had no one to talk, <laughs> talk about, to about, about that. If you were trying to, did you try to explain it to your friends at all? You know, yeah, or, I did. I, I even had like one, one or two of my friends do one. Like he was like, what, what, what the hell are you doing, man? I was like, yo, try this. You know what I mean? Like I put a, put a thing in a, in an envelope and he actually did a pretty good little sketch, but he was just like, nah, nah, you know what I mean? It's just coincidence or whatever. So it's like, I, I did it for the first time I, I, and I, knew it was real, but I didn't really, um, I wasn't really like working on it that much. It was like, it was this thing I would just try every once in a while when no one was around. Um, and then maybe like two, like a year later or so is when I really kind of like said, okay, I got to actually start developing this because I started seeing other people online, like, you know, uh, Edward Reardon and some of the stuff on, um, Farsight back then. And, uh, that's when it like clicked because I was like, I didn't know anyone else was doing it out there like that. You know what I mean? I just thought this is just some thing that they released and some weird people are reading about it on the internet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so once it really sunk in, I, I became kind of obsessed with it because, uh, yeah, it was just fascinating to me. Um, I was always interested in, uh, like magic tricks, like as a kid, like actual illusions. And so, uh, when, when this came around, I was just like, this is like the real stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, this is the real deal. So yeah, I, I got, got really into it and just started, um, yeah. Working session on session on session. Yeah. That, that always interests me. Cause I, I've noticed like some people seem that they can come across it and they can kind of see that something's there. And they don't want anything to do with it. They seem like they want to leave it alone or they just move it off to the side, you know, keep it out of their reality. And then there seems like there's others of us, like when we see it, like we're done, you know, that's it. Like you have, you know, you're going to have to continue to explore this and figure it out and listen to your videos online, man. You, you always are so thoughtful about the, you know, I, I think even kind of philosophical about what's going on and how remote view is working and what it means, um, mm -hmm. you know, for broader reality. So, um, it seems like you, that pursuit that you started as a young age is one that, that really, you, you seem like from the books you're reading and things that you're still, you're still on that quest kind of, is that kind of how it feels? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, um, it's like, you know, there's all these little things that happen to you in your life where there's like, you know, you have a precognitive dream or you have deja vu, you know, all little gut feelings and stuff like that. But then when it gets to you know, you're actually going to sit down and say, I'm going to work the session. There's a hidden target and we're going to actually check to see after what the result is. Um, that becomes way more real. That becomes more objective than just like, oh, I had this feeling. So that really, yeah, put me over the edge. Like I remember one of the, one of the times uh, the target was like, uh, it was some nature thing, but like, the, the color of the tree was like this pink, like there's these pink leaves all over it. And, you know, I kept getting this pink, pink, pink over and over again. 
And then I saw the feedback and I was just like, no, there's no way. Like, you know what I mean? That was never in any of the other sessions. Like, and I was just right. like, okay, like, you know, a couple of those things start happening. And then, yeah, I just, you know, became uh, totally engulfed in that, that kind of thing and trying to see how it connected to, you know, all the other things I was reading about at the time. Um, like uh, Holographic Universe. I don't know if you ever read that book by Michael, Michael Talbot. That I haven't read it. I've heard of it, but. Yeah, that one's just a mind blower. Like reading that book, it's like you get to those points where you just got like close it and like put it down for a second. Just be like, what? Like, what? What did I just read? Like those kind of moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is the core idea in that that every part of the hologram contains all the information, right? It's, just, it's almost kind of that linkage to, to remote viewing and why it might work. Yeah, yeah. Like the Pierre Brim and Bohm kind of enfolded and unfolded uh, model of the universe. Yeah, like everything is in some kind of uh, – it has to be, you know, it's it's not – we're not perceiving it as it's normal in its real form. You know I mean? We kind of have to like – gets unfolded and we perceive it. Um, so that totally made sense with the, the whole phenomenon of, you know, how remote viewing could possibly work. Yeah. So I, I just want, I want to see your reading list at some time. You should publish that on your, uh, on your website because I've, I've noticed like you, you got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff that you've gone through. It seems like a mixture of science and a lot of other kinds of books too, like a, you're not just like one genre. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I went well, back when I had my, my studio, like I said, I was just locking myself in there and it was like, I was just going through books on books on books. Like yeah. every, every book I heard of, you know, in an interview or, or re you read one book and it tells you about another book. Right. So it's like, okay, I got to find <laughs> this book now. It's like, you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. This is what happens in my credit card bill, by the way. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I've definitely spent uh, some obscene amount of money on some books. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. some of them aren't even don't even end up being what you want it to be. Like you think, like, oh, this book's gonna have like some crazy stuff in it, and you <laughs> it's get it. Have all the secrets. <laughs> yeah, and you get in. It, it's just like ah, I already knew all that. But yeah, it's a it's a fun learning experience. You know what I mean? So when did you start? Kind of, I know you you've trained under I think a couple of different methodologies. Um, so when did you really start looking at kind of doing formal training? Um, I. Initially, it was just the manuals or whatever that I could find. Um, and then eventually I found like, you know, TRV videos online and TDS videos online and stuff like that. Started doing those. Um, and then, you know, I got pretty good at uh, using the CRV style things, like pretty much just on my own, just through trial and error and stuff like that. And then maybe around 2012 ish or so, um, Courtney Brown, Dr. Courtney Brown uh, got in contact with me and he wanted me to do some videos for him. And so he kind of gave me a little rundown on SRV, which isn't, you know, isn't too different, um, from, from CRV and TDS too much, but, you know, he gave me a little rundown in that. So I have a little bit of experience in, uh, SRV. And then through Courtney Brown, uh, I'm, I t got in contact with Dick Algar and, um, I was just in his email. I was always in his email, like <laughs> haggling him and sending him stuff like, look at this or, 
look at this thing that you viewed like in your video, like, here's the feedback. Like, did you see this? Like, and stuff like that. So I guess eventually he got, uh, he got sick of me asking him stuff and he's like, you know what, I'll, let me teach you some things. And, uh, that's kind of how I got into the HRVG, uh, side of things. Yeah. So this is a good strategy to find your teachers to harass them through enough messages. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to teach this guy just to get him to stop emailing me. That's Basically. awesome. Um, yeah. So having looked at different methodologies, you know, I think maybe sometimes and I've only been doing remote viewing for a year, but you see some people seem like they get really dogmatic about their methodology, like it's the only one. And since mm -hmm. you've trained across a couple different methodologies, I mean, how do you? How did you kind of find your path to what works for you? And, you know, how do you see methodology uh, and, you know, across these different systems? Uh, do you, I think that, you know, the argument that one of them is fundamentally, you know, uh, just totally above and better than any of the rest is, is one that always seems like a, might be a little challenging. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, people, uh, interpret data in different ways. Right. So, um, I definitely think that if someone is like just starting remote viewing, it's probably, probably better to start with CRV or something like that, just because the learning curve is very, is more simple. So it's like, you can get a result kind of faster, you know what I mean? So you can see like, okay, I'm not wasting my time. There's something actually here. Um, I think, I think every remote viewing method or protocol, is just like training wheels. Right. So, I mean, like, uh, Glenn, Glenn Wheaton, he's, you know, from HRVG, he, he always tells me like the protocols aren't forever. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's meant to like format the way you work. You know what I mean? So once you've kind of formatted the way you go about it, it you know, it becomes your own thing. Um, I think, each tool has its strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? Um, there's, I, I, I use CRV stuff. I still use CRV stuff. Um, whenever, you know, whenever I feel like it's appropriate, um, every, even every part of every protocol to me is just a tool. So like just S4, like I might use just the S4 matrix in a part of my session. You know what I mean? Um, in HRVG, we have Playfair. It's like, you know, I could do a whole session just doing Playfair. Right. So it's like, learn as many tools as you can. Uh, that's what I think, you know, learn as many things as you can. I would never not learn something. You know what I mean? Like if someone came around and said, Oh, look, there's this thing. I'd be like, okay, let me learn about it. As opposed right. to like, you know, I, I know what you're saying about the dogmas. It's like, some people are just like, no, this is the greatest and you know, nothing else is, it can compete with this and I'm staying with this, which is good. You know, I, I do believe to learn something and learn it well. You know what I mean? Don't, don't jump around so much that you never really learned something, you know, you never really solidified it. Um, but yeah, doing it this long, it's like, yeah, I've, I've been, you know, I've looked at almost everything out there. Um, I do think that, um, for me, the HRVG style is just a little more, um, closer to like how we perceive things in, in real life. Um, like first you see something, then you hear it and then you get closer, you touch it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. a little more organized in, in the, in the collection method. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, the, 
the HRVG method is the Hawaiian Remote Viewer Guild method, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. That comes from uh, um, Special Forces Intelligence Green Beret. They um, studied uh, a psychic Richard Ireland. Uh, he was he could see with his eyes blindfolded <laughs> he's a pretty amazing guy yeah he's a he's a pretty i'm still mystified guy. by that one <laughs> that video is amazing yeah yeah there's that video of youtube on him doing one of his performances um you know i have his book i have his his book um the phoenix oracle and he you know he talks about yeah. a bunch of things that happened in his life and some of those stories are just like you know this close to being unbelievable. If, if I didn't know, you know, some of this stuff was real, it would be like, get this thing out of here. But, um, yeah, they studied, uh, his techniques and incorporated it into, uh, the remote viewing protocols. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I spent many years doing remote viewing and I thought I knew not everything, but, you know, I thought I knew most of what was out there. You know what I mean? I was, you know, I was, good and good at it. And I was hitting targets and, and then I realized like, yo, there's a lot of things that I don't know. <laughs> so I kind of had to just start from scratch again. You know what I mean? And th I guess that's kind of a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? Like you get good at something and then something else comes along and you want to, and it's like, you want to learn it, but at the same time, it's like, I just did all this work. You know what I mean? I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but yeah, my hunger for, for, for learning more, it just, uh, yeah, I put my pride to the side. You know what I mean? If I have to be a beginner again, I'll be a beginner again. Um, if I'm hearing you correct, sounds like you, you look a lot, you're still using a lot of the different methodologies you learn from, from, um, you know, the different protocols and you kind of like tools in the toolbox for you, you know, you, you can, you have the ability to go and kind of draw out of those methods, uh, as you see fit or as you kind of maybe even kind of intuitively feel that you might want to use some, is that, is that kind of how it, it works? I've seen some of your whiteboard stuff and it's, it's, it's really awesome. And, uh, you know, it seems like to me, uh, you have a lot of, while HRVG, I've seen some different people do it. I definitely kind of see that there's a style that you kind of have to how you approach your, your work. Yeah. Like once like the whole training wheels thing, right. It's like, once you, once you've, learned the the methodology to a certain point it's like you can kind of take off the training wheels and and go on your own and th that's when i go on the whiteboard like i'm i'm essentially doing hrvg t uh type session but obviously you know i'm not doing all the little in-between steps that you would do on paper right so um it's uh it's you know working on the whiteboard whether it's CRV or HRVG or, or anything, I think that was uh, a big part of um, my development of, uh, you know, getting in the flow, um, you know, going through the structure and stuff like that keeps your conscious mind occupied. You know, like, you know, doing it on a whiteboard with the camera and talking, it's like that keeps you even more occupied. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it kind of, I've had some like amazing moments working on the whiteboard and uh to be able to catch them on video and watch myself over and over again it's just like a whole nother level of feedback when you watch yourself it's like I'll, I'll do a session and then i watch the video after and i'm just like what what, am, what was i doing there i see my face i see you know my body language and stuff like that and it's like you just learn all this stuff about yourself that you you would never have noticed um 
you would never seen it on the paper either. If, if it was in a paper session, you wouldn't have caught it. Um, just all these little things, you know what I mean? Changes in your voice. Um, all these little things uh, kind of just helped me learn more about myself. And yeah, I think it made me made me a better viewer at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I remember I, you had a video you had posted about kind of watching as you're intuitively engaging a target, your own body language you know, is, is, is uh, maybe being affected by the target as you're engaging it and being able to record that. And I thought it was really cool. I'd never come across that before. It was, it was, a, it was a neat thing. Um, and then, you know, if I miss targets, I can also look and say, <laughs> what am I doing at this point? Uh, so yeah, I thought that yeah. was a pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've, I have tons of videos where it was a miss and I can go back and see exactly how it went wrong, where it went wrong. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of learning even in that. Yeah. I got to tell you, one of my favorite videos that you posted that I saw when I was just getting started is you had one, I think it was like, how do you become a better remote viewer? Maybe you're talking about that. And you reach behind you in the space you're in and you grab this like giant, massive stack of <laughs> sessions. And you're like, uh, and you're talking about hits and misses and just like keeping going. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, just such good advice. Um, but it made me, I mean, I would bet you don't even have a count anymore at how many sessions you've gone, gone through, but uh, this was years ago, but yeah, <laughs> you still have that giant stack of, of yeah, yeah. yeah, I got them. In my, they're in my basement in a huge box. Yeah. It's like, so if you digitize those yet, or if you've gone back to, uh, I should digitize cause there's some good stuff in there. Like I have to dig through it, but you know, I remember there's definitely good, good stuff in there. Moments where it was like, um, like the session may have been a mess. Some of the sessions as a whole may have been a mess, but then there's those moments in the session where it's like, you're right on target. Um, I should go back and maybe dig some of those up, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misses that you're going to go through doing this. And, that, that, and that obviously that's discouraging, but when you think of what is really happening here, I mean, you're supposed to miss. That's what everyone's expecting to happen. That's what the you know, that's what science says is supposed to happen. You're supposed to just miss. Nothing's ever supposed to be right. So I'm trying to find those moments where it does happen. You know what I mean? That's the that's the real focus. Um trying to capture those moments, trying to um reinforce those moments is the key. And it, yeah, you you can get better at it. It's just you gotta really um you know, it's that reformatting process, uh, unlearning the, the regular way that, that we think about going about these things. And yeah, the structure really helps, you know, helps facilitate that to happen. Um, if you can get it to the point where you, you know, you're not thinking about the structure now either. It's like when you drive your car, like you don't have to think like, oh, I'm going to press on the gas. I'm going to do this. It's kind of like you could just do that while you're talking and driving. Um, so yeah, if you can get your remote viewing to that level, yeah, you're not thinking about whether it's a hit or a miss. You're not, you're not thinking about what the last impression was or, or, or anything like that. And that's really when it, the magic just happens and, and you, you get those moments. Yeah. I like that. The magic just happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I'm sure you've come across this as you got into it, that there's all kinds of different psychic methodologies. And as I started to get into this, just remote viewing, not knowing anything, I started coming across people who are doing very different things than remote viewing. But I think what you're trying, I think, are you, you're saying that a lot of times the structure of remote viewing and that, that pattern of, you know, going through the stages or having that, that it builds more, um, maybe more reliability for us 
than, than some of the other psychic methodologies? Is that, is that kind of your perception? Yeah, I, I guess it, um, it's like, if you're not a natural intuitive, or if you're not a, uh, you know, that kind of person, this, these ways are, are a little more logical a little bit because you, you know, you know, you're going to do it this way every time. Um, and people who are natural psychics, obviously they have some kind of method they're using. It's their own, you know, whatever process they've come up with, uh, they find that works. Um, but I find that, uh, kind of the control and the, the resolution of data that I can get through remote viewing, that's what, that's what impresses me the most. You know what I mean? Like they're natural psychics, obviously that could probably just smoke me. They could probably just sit down and right away, get, tell the name and tell the place and everything like that. You know what I mean? Um, I think I've met some of those people and I'm like, Oh, I'm really jealous to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to, to be able to, um, get all these details and go in and be able to move around. And that's the kind of learning the, because what I, what I've noticed is some people who are intuitive don't know, kind of don't really know how it happens. You know what I mean? Like they have success, they just do their thing and they, they just know it works. Um, having that little bit of control, having my intellect ha play a part in it kind of, I guess, gives me some kind of comfort or some kind of, uh, way so I can rationalize it and, um, make it a little more useful. Yeah. Let me ask you, I mean, we talked, we joked a little bit before we started about when we talk, had these kind of conversations, the, the number of people who are actually interested in these topics or understand some of the things we're talking about, but Hey, this is just a video for us to have fun. Right. So, uh, yeah. uh everybody else can scratch their heads on this a little bit, but, um, <laughs> with, I mean, you have, you have a lot of stuff like the time, like time loops, right. Uh, we talk about feedback. I think you even like your, your website was a feedback loop. And yeah, you know, was one of the early things I saw as a beginning remote viewer is a lot of times it feels like there's informational time travel, right? So I'm working something, uh, I'll see a target. And as I'm researching that target, as I come across details, it almost feels like, well, as I'm doing this thing in the future, but I've also had experiences where I've set up some experiments with viewers where they never got any feedback and they still hit the target. So, yeah. you know, the, one of the questions always comes up to me is, well, it feels like maybe this idea that remote viewing works just one way is maybe wrong, that there may be all kind of different modalities that are going on. So I was curious what your perception is on that, having, having worked a long time in remote viewing. Yeah, I think maybe it's like maybe information follows the path of least resistance or something like water, maybe something like that. Um, for sure, people can view the feedback. I know that for sure. You know, I've drawn a picture like exactly how it is in the envelope and stuff like that. Um, but I do think that you can displace a portion of your awareness at an actual place and, and get information that no one knows or that you're not going to get feedback for. Um, and that's just from my experiences. I mean, there's no tastes or sounds in a picture, you know what I mean? So it's like, where are you getting all these, where are you getting all these other impressions from? It's like, right. um, yeah, well, I think everything is information in its raw state or, you know, in its real form, it's something closer to like information. Um, so ultimately, I mean, personally, 
I, I don't really care if it comes from the feedback envelope or if it, it comes from the target site. You know what I mean? Hopefully it's, you know, hopefully you're, you're I can, a pragmatist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, whatever works, works, right? We'll, we'll leave that to the scientists to figure that out. That's what I always say. I let the science guys do the science. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had experiences where, you know, if you ask me, part of me was there. You know I mean, I, I was saw something, I tasted something, I smelt it. Have you, ever, it, have you ever felt like you bilocated before? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I've definitely had a, a couple of sessions where, um, I was, what, what was that like? I've, I've not, not had that. I've had things that kind of felt like they were verging on that, but never where I really felt like I was truly present at that location. That, yeah, that my consciousness cool. really. Here's one. This one was like one of my most vivid like ones. Um, we did a project at crypto viewing. Um, it's, I don't know if it's out on YouTube, but it's called the alien and the, the target was this photo. I don't know if the photo is real or not, but it was a photo of what looks like a gray alien lying on a, on a, on a gurney. So that was the target photo. And the tasking was like, describe this what, this is what, the target that I want to show up. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the tasking was describe what, what happened to this being because it was like dead um so i'm working this target um i see a shooting happen so i see this someone gets shot and i see the body laying down so i'm like okay i want to see what the, who, who this person is um and I, I look and you know i see this big alien head and it's lying down and I wrote, this reminds me of that, you know, that old photo that came out years ago, it was like alien autopsy video. It was like Area 51 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is reminds me of that, uh, alien autopsy photo, right? That's what I wrote on there. Yeah. I still didn't get feedback at this point. And so I'm working, working the session some more and, uh, we do something called edging where we like off gas, um, oxygen, right? So it's like a breathing technique. And <laughs> so I'm, 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 you know, I got my eyes closed and I'm breathing out. And all of a sudden I'm like under a table, like I'm, I'm underneath the table and like right to my left, there's like someone's shoes. So I'm like literally like down Shit. on the floor and I'm, I'm just seeing yeah. some, some guy's shoes in the bottom of his coat, like a lab coat. And I realized like, okay, I'm underneath a, the table like i could see the thing above me and i'm just like i'm underneath the table and then all of a sudden i my my perspective kind of like changed and i was above the table and i was looking down and you know i see this alien lying on the table and a doctor with like a clipboard standing there and that was like i was there like i was under the table like it wasn't like just like a a flash or a moment it was like i was there for like a good four or five seconds like so enough to is, like look around and realize like where I was, you know? So this sounds a lot like an out of body experience when people talk about having like that kind of just very vivid perception of, is that how it felt for you? You could move I, around. I, I, was, was it your volition? Like, did you kind of choose where you wanted to move to or did you? No, I kind of just popped in. Like I didn't have a, I didn't have the experience of leaving my body. So I was sitting at the table and I, you know, I'm closing my eyes, but everything where I was one way I lost awareness of where I was. And then I was realized I, I came to under this table <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was 
completely experiential. And um, I remember, you know, it gave that in and Dick saw that. Dick set the target for that one. Um, and he was just like blown away. He was just like, wow, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, an alien on a on a table, whether the alien was real or not. I mean, I don't know. We had some corroborating data on it. Yeah, that's the thing about remote viewing. It's like <laughs> I, I, I had... <laughs> I had it getting shot and dad Smith had it getting shot as well. So, you know, people, some people look at the photo and they say, it's a dummy, it's a doll. It's not real. It's like, you know, ultimately, I guess I don't really care if it, if it was a dummy or a doll, but you know, I saw what the target was. <laughs> what kind of bridges you, uh, I was asking if there's anything you want me to stay away from in terms of questions. You're like, no. <laughs> so, so I was like you with the Hellfire Club and um, you do, you've done a lot Like people who see your accuracy for just regular targets. I mean, I know that uh, people are seeing your accuracy and what you're doing and your experience. And so as a consequence, when people have these really cool questions, you're getting a lot of these esoteric targets. And so, you know, now um, in the news, we saw these things, of course, about UAPs and aliens. And man, you've been looking at this stuff for a while. I mean, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, you just, you've got a lot of experience. And like you said, if there, if remote viewing can be used. And I think even if we go to Ingo, right, Ingo is suggesting that we should be using psychic faculty to try to, in his words, penetrate the, mm -hmm. the agenda of, of whatever these other intelligences are, if, if they are here. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you really want to, you know, dive deep into that, but I'm just curious what your perception is with, with some of these experiences you've had. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's definitely something to it. There's definitely, uh, a presence that is um, affecting humanity is involved somehow, maybe even going back before recorded history. I mean, um, the, you read stuff like Willie Strieber communion and other people's stories. And it, to me, it becomes pretty obvious that we're probably not dealing with little green men, type thing. And yeah, that might be one of the forms of it, but sure. you know, I think ultimately it's probably something more non-physical, spiritual, interdimensional type of uh type of thing that's going on. So, you know, I think remote viewing is probably one of the only tools that we really can use to 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 investigate it. And you know, I don't I'm not into government's going to disclose to us type thing. Like to me, it's just like, come on, you guys, it's, that's probably not, not, not going to happen. And if it happens, it's not going to happen the way you want it to happen. Um, it seems like it would be far too disruptive in for yeah. where people are at the moment. Maybe. Yeah. And, and what, you know, you're never going to get, they're never going to give you the full story. Right. It's like, they can't, it's a national security, you know, they got to follow their, their, their types of protocols and rules. Um, so, you know, I always try and keep a a level head, you know what I mean? Obviously there's people that take remote viewing and it's like, whatever they get, they're just like, this is it. Like, this is what, you know, it's 100% <laughs> correct type thing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying to do that, but you know, if, if we can get enough people that are good at remote viewing, uh, we could have projects and pool our data and, you know, make up our own minds, cooperate it with whatever type of physical evidence and things that we have. And we can, make up our own minds on these things and not have to be uh, so much in the dark about it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I ask you, put you on the hook there for, for, we have all the weird questions. Right. But honestly, that's kind of how I came to remote viewing was 
looking at, you know, when these stories about UAPs came out and I was actually reading about Betty and Barney Hill and listening to the audio tapes of the experiences. And, you know, he was actually talking about having um, images projected into his mind and like felt like he was being manipulated uh, in some of these encounters. And funnily enough, when I was listening to him, I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> that was my motivation. And yeah. somehow that led me into remote viewing. So I don't know if we can develop Jedi mind powers that if they're, you know, some kind of manipulative beings that we, we need to work on this now. We've got well, we to develop well, our- we, we could definitely recognize <laughs> that those kind of, we're more likely to recognize uh, something coming into your mind, you know what I mean? Because at right. least you know it's possible. You know what That's I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I remember I did, um, you know, I did mushrooms a bunch of times but one time when i did psilocybin mushrooms um i got the very clear feeling of exactly how like a remote viewing impression comes in like when i probe and i and a concept comes in like i that happened like something came in i was like holy shit that was just like yeah that was the same same type of feeling so it's like you definitely can become more familiar with your awareness so that, you know, you have a better chance of knowing if someone's getting in your head or, or, or something's happening. Like I know in, uh, in Willie Strieber's books, he talks about, you know, all of a sudden it's like he lost his rational thought. You know what I mean? He's just doing things that he didn't think he'd ever do when, when these, when these things come around him. So it's like, they definitely, um, know more about, our awareness than we do in, in most cases. That's, I think that's for sure. And I think if you get into ufology, right, we'll have all the, all the fun conversations now, but if you look at things like the aerial school children and this idea about beings that can project thought, like, uh, those can, I mean, that, that thread runs through almost all of these encounters. Some which have a lot of uh, credible evidence to suggest, you know, that something was going on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder if the things that we're doing in remote viewing is telepathy, maybe, maybe like, the, the lingua franca, is it the way that intelligent civilizations communicate with each other is somehow, and, and that we're just kind of on the very burgeoning edge of trying to develop some of these um, skills, uh, consciousness skills, maybe, I don't know, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, we're probably like in the preschool phases or something like that. <laughs> we're right now, so Naeem said it's all real. And <laughs> uh, I'm curious, man, um, so you, you're a professional remote viewer. So you've done this for a long time. You're compensated to remote view. I don't know if folks are familiar with your crypto viewing work, but um, you know it's really impressive. And I know you and I are both on a remote viewing Discord with a bunch of other fellow weirdos. And um, you share some of your work and um, looking at the news and your accuracy, uh, visual accuracy, that what you're getting from these news stories is just incredible. Um, but you know, one of the things I really wonder is, as a professional. How, how are you training? Like, what does your training look like in a given week? And, um, you know, are you actually sleeping? Are you, you getting time to you know, <laughs> do things like that? Or yeah. What is that um, like for you? Yeah, I barely, like, every once in a while, I will get a chance to just work a, like, a validation type target. Like, you know, just like a target off a target pool or something. Um, because the the feedback loop is, I think, one of the most important things to to, to improve your remote viewing, like actually getting solid feedback and being able to look at what you did and either match it up or say, okay, I missed this, or this is completely off. Um, I, you know, I don't really get to do that that often anymore because I'm you know, every week it's, it's a, a new thing for work, for my professional work. Um, 
but uh, you know, doing the crypto targets, we get some solid feedback. You know what I mean? Like I'll know, did I, was I way off? Was I, you know, was I just making stuff up? So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a struggle, honestly. It's like, I, I wish I had more time to work more practice targets. You know what I mean? Just to know that I'm on the straight and narrow. Um, so but yeah, so much operational work is kind of squeezed out some of the, the time. For yeah. It's dojo. like squeezed out the kind of just the, the, the practice stuff that, and that's really, you know, those are fun. Those are, that's where it's like no pressure. Um, yeah, that, that, that's the kind of where, but speaking of the world event stuff, um, that's the most exciting stuff for me. Um, working those, working the, the future events, uh, because it's always, well, no one knows what it's going to be. Right. <laughs> so that's a part of it. Like no one knows what's going to happen next. So, and I think that because those are real events that are going to happen, the data kind of comes in a different flavor. Cause like you work a target on a target pool, like it's, I don't, you know, it's still a target, but it's, it's, it's often static and, you know, it might be a structure. It might be something like that. Whereas the future event is like a real thing. Like people are going to be involved and there's going to be all this stuff happening. And it's like, that stuff is just, uh, super exciting to me. Um, so I have to ask you this question, right? Um, just because I, I know you, uh, so you have your, um, musician, you have that going on. I've seen you do art yeah. uh, and I've, I've seen some of your remote viewing work. I think you have an apparel line. I saw yeah. you. So like, you're a busy man. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. uh, do you try to explain, like you're, you talk about, like if we had to build like a superhero in a comic book, I mean, you're out, you're out looking at the future and you've got all these other really cool things that you're doing. Yeah. Like, do you try to ever explain to people like what you're up to? <laughs> do people, I mean, do they buy into it? Do they understand? Like, it's, it's kind of hard. Like you, you yeah. take these amalgam of all the things that you're interested in. Like, how do you, <laughs> yeah, not, do you that, not that many people, um, know what I do. Like, you know, people on the internet know what I do. Um, but in my day to day so you, life, you have a secret identity, a lot like a superhero then. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of my friends know like, yeah, I do that remote viewing thing. Um, but for the, for the most part, um, yeah, people don't know what I do. And yeah, I don't really, I don't like to burst people's bubbles. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, you know, some people have a bad reaction to this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You try and tell them they can't handle it or it doesn't fit with the, their, their belief system. So, you know, if someone asks me, talks to me about it, I might mention it. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty humble about it. And I'm just, I know there's people that are, are all about remote viewing. You know, I know there's people like you. I know there's people on the Discord. I know there's groups out there that are, are interested in remote viewing. So I kind of just keep it there. Um, yeah, I keep it amongst the people that, that, that can handle it. And um, I mean, it's interesting every once, you know, at a couple, every once in a while at like a party or something like that, I might bust out a little a little something. Get a, get, a, get a few drinks into you and you start talking about seeing the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I may bend a spoon or something like that. Um, but uh, for the most part, yeah, you know, I just kind of keep it on the low. Yeah. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on that? You know, people have talked about this concept of like more of humanity is waking up to what's going on. Um, and then, you know, I think when I first got into this, the and I think this is kind of foolish and naive, by the way, I think maybe everybody goes to this. But when I, when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, we got to tell the world, right? You got to go out and 
which is really probably a bad idea, right? You start maybe losing friends or isolating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, you, you just, I think you articulated as like those who are ready for it. Do you have that feeling that there's kind of the separation of, of people who are maybe at a different, you, know, you get in some circles and they talk about like the development or maturation of consciousness or things like that. But do you kind of have a feeling that there are different kind of groups that you can engage with? And um, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, there's definitely different levels. Like, you know, there's, there's some group, some people that you can talk about meditation, you could talk about spiritual development, but there's something about remote viewing that it's just unbelievable for some people. And when you get into the actual data itself, like the idea is, is acceptable. Like, oh yeah, you can perceive something with your mind, like cool, like ESP, like that's, everyone's cool, kind of cool with that idea. But if you actually get down to it and actually start showing them like, Hey, I, you know, I drew this guy or I drew this thing and I had his thoughts. Like when, when it gets into the, that kind of detail, that's where it's like only some people are ready for that kind of conversation. You know what I mean? Um, so even if I talk to some people, usually it's more of a surface level thing. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, we're all connect, you know, minds are connected, like dreams, you know, you have some interesting dreams and things like that. People are, you get, are, you get a series of litmus tests that you can use to figure yeah, out. Yeah. To test the water before, before right. you're going all the way. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about your, your work because it is amazing to me. You're uh, in, in remote viewing. We, we talk about your works front loaded. So with your looking at news events, you know, you're going to be looking at those, which, yeah. um, but you've been doing that for a long time. And I remember seeing some discussion that you guys were having, I think for you and your team, maybe you know, when the war in Ukraine started, how difficult it was, because there's so much going on. But one of the things that really interests me is, you know, if you look at all the news events, which ones actually get selected, like um, your subconscious or some part of you is going across all of these things that happen in the world. And I'm wondering, do you, have you seen any themes or patterns to the kinds of things that your subconscious or whatever part of us that's actually kind of selecting the thing that's coming back? Have you seen like that there's maybe some criteria that, that seems to show up about what you what you see and, and what you don't. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, there's definitely some part that's making the choice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I was, I did a live stream and I was talking about, uh, yeah, there's some part of you that packages up the information and delivers it to you. So it's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to choose, um, what event came to me. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I've, I seem to be drawn to, um, well, I guess maybe higher energy events maybe are just perceived, maybe just kind of a survival type of reaction. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's a part of our subconscious that's looking for dangerous events to avoid them. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a part of our survival. Yeah, SRI touch on that name, like a uh, high entropy events that yeah. thought viewers were more. Yeah. More likely to perceive a high entropy event, but yeah, there's been times where I, saw things that are just so novel and like one, one, one month, it was, uh, the biggest fish ever world Guinness record of a fish. It's like, why would that come through? But it was a news event. And, uh, it's like, yeah, I guess it has a bit of a, its own mind, its own personality yeah. sometimes. 200 pile, you know, 200 car pile up on one hand and a giant fish on the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I remember when I first started doing, um, the world event stuff, um, I was getting like people, like people who were going to die and stuff like that. Famous people who were going to die. I got a lot of those in the beginning. 
Um, yeah, well, I, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, I think we have some kind of pull or push in, in what comes, you know what I mean? Like I could, uh, there's been times where I've set my intention, like, okay, I want to see the significant, um, people that might die next month or, you know what I mean? Something like that. And that, that works sometimes, but what seems to work best is just kind of just leaving it open and yeah, letting what, what comes in, comes in. Cause it might be tied into like what you were saying before. It might be what you end up focusing on later in the news. Maybe that's what you're going to end up seeing uh, when you do the session. Sometimes that, that could be a part of it too. Um, it's, it really is a mystery to me, man. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I think that for those of us who can't leave it alone, that, that mysterious element is the one that keeps drawing us in, right? Trying yeah. to figure something out about it. I was curious the, uh, so your the crypto viewing, um, like people are looking at seeing the news, the product of seeing that in the future, which is amazing. <laughs> mm. You start really thinking about that. I know you all also look at cryptocurrency motions and looking at market movement, mm. but I was thinking about, you know, uh, and I've seen some of the work that you all are producing. I mean, I've seen where they're extremely accurate predictions that you and your team are putting together. And it made me think, you know, Ingo Swan, I think in one of his books was talking about a psychic alert system. The idea of like having groups of psychics who are looking ahead in the future to try to see events that, really could harm us. Mm. And, um, you know, do you think from your work that that might be viable, that if we, I guess it would be based on the way that we task ourselves, but do you think that there would be some utility in that, that, that would be something that could have some uh, benefit, I guess, to civilization as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if we all got together and kind of either, um, maybe broke it down by area or, something like that. Maybe they probably wouldn't take us seriously to begin with, obviously, but maybe after a few years, if we built up enough um, data and could show like, Hey, look, we said this was going to happen. We said this was going to happen. We said this was going to happen. And, and they, and they, and they happened. Um, anyone who's not like kind of stuck in, in whatever, whatever they want to believe in would have to, at some point, you know, admit to themselves, there might be something, going on here. And I think ultimately that's probably where ESP and, you know, non-local perception probably serves its purpose in, in allowing us to see what's coming next and to possibly change it. Um, that's something Ingo talked about in his book, uh, the Nostradamus, your Nostradamus factor. Um, you know, whether you believe in intelligent design or you believe in evolution, you know, the chances are we probably developed or were designed with some kind of mechanism to know what happens next. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. If you think of it, how would we ever survive if we didn't know what was going to come next? Like probably, you know, if you probabilistically, if you've calculated it, yeah, we'd be toast. You know what I mean? We'd be gone. There's probably some, some part of us gets some kind of inkling on what's coming next. And I think through remote viewing, um, kind of intellectualizing some of the process is now giving us enough control and leverage over it that we can actually say, this is going to happen next month instead of just like, Oh, I got a bad feeling. You know what I mean? It's kind of taking it to a, taking it to a, we can better uh, communicate uh, the impressions that we're getting. Um, I think it was uh, Ingo Swan's secrets of power. I think it was in that book. He talks about, a psychic impression is like a blip on a radar. 
So like you could look at a radar and you see a blip, but you don't know what the blip is. You just know there's a blip. So you still have to find out what, what is the blip, right? So it's like, I think we're getting to that now. We're going from there's something there to saying what is there, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that's the next step to hopefully open some minds. And yeah, if we get enough people that are well-developed, yeah, I think we could put out some, you know, really good predictions that could help uh, eventually help people or at least help them open their minds that maybe one day it could help people. Yeah. I've seen when, uh, but like, I, I really admire this. I was watching, you had one video and you were talking about some of your work. And I have to say, when I got started remote viewing, you try to identify the people who are doing things that, that I couldn't figure out. I was like, okay, how is he doing that? Right. Yeah. That's how I learned is like looking at, uh, looking at the, the, the sorcerers and trying to figure out how the sorcerers are doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you're very humble. Like I've seen some of your videos and you're like, my works, I think you, <laughs> I think some things like my works garbage. You're talking about your own standards, like how, how high you set the bar for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, inside of that, I kind of get the feeling I've, I've seen some of your comments and some of your presentations talking about, you know, there's some ideas people have about what our limitations are in remote viewing, mm-hmm. like whether or not you can, you read a sign, whether or not can you, um, and you seem to really, in some of the things I've heard you talking about, you seem to really challenge those notions that maybe those limitations and those belief of those limitations are there. Maybe in fact, the very thing that's kind of, uh, keeping us from developing remote viewing, whatever we want to call it. And yeah. Am I, am I accurate in my read on kind of your, pers- your perspective on that? Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought as a, as, as like a technical issue, that's how I approach remote viewing. So it's like can information come to the viewer? It's like, okay, you figure that out. Yeah, I can get colors, I can get this, I can get that. Um, so to me, it's like, why wouldn't you be able to see the target? Why wouldn't you be able to to, to read something? It's To me, it seems like more of a, a technical problem than uh, it's an impossible type of thing. You know what I mean? So doing research and through experience, I mean, I, I, I've seen numbers and, and stuff like that and letters. So it's like, uh, I'm not special. I'm not some kind of, <laughs> you know, God or anything like that. It's like people just have to put themselves in that position where they're, they're giving themselves the opportunity to have that experience. Right. So it's like, if you don't try and see the target, you know, you're probably never going to see it. Right. Or if you don't believe it's possible, then you're going to be avoiding those experiences or, or the experience will happen and you'll ignore it. Right. Um, that's a big one. It's like we subconsciously move away from the things that we, we don't want to be true. Right. There's a part of us that's, that steers us away. And I've seen that happen in my, like from recording myself so many times, I've seen it happen so many times where I'm, I'm right on the target. I, I drew it and I'm describing it and it's like, I'll say what it is. And then right when I say what it is, I'll be like, no, it's not that. Like, I'll, I'll say it's this and I'll be like, no, it's not really like that. But it's like, yeah, it really is like that. And, yeah. and that's that little part of us that's playing the contrary. You know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't want to go along with what's happening because it doesn't have full, it doesn't really know. It doesn't have the, you know, part of us doesn't know what's, what's happening here. So you got to kind of be an open, you got you to play, I think Lynn Buchanan's uh, phrase for it is like, you got to play the village idiot sometimes. You know what I mean? You just got to just get right what you get. Don't try and, you know, get too deep into analyzing it sometimes because you might end up messing it up. 
it fascinates me. I've only had this happen to me one time, but I was working at Target and I, I just, I had a s sudden knowing of what the target is. And but if you ask me like, how did you get that? I have no idea. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's just a sudden thing that comes up above the threshold of awareness. Yeah. And it made me think if that's there, right. That we can know what the target is, name the target, be specific. Well, if that's there, then probably all of it's there. Right. So, you know, if we can get that and I've seen some of the work that you all produce. And so, you know, I wonder if you can get anything through remote viewing, can we get, can we get all of it? Yeah. That's the, uh, you know, HRVG, we have like law one, which is if you can get any data from the target, then you can get everything from, you can get anything from the target. Right. Right. So, and I've seen, like, I've seen Glenn's work sessions where, you know, he's naming people, he's giving their names and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, I think anything's possible, you know, it's just, if you don't try and that's the other part, no one wants to be wrong. There's a part of us that doesn't want to be wrong. You know what I mean? It's right. like, you kind of got to lose that, that ego part and just put yourself up there and yeah, you're going to, sometimes you're going to guess, sometimes you're going to get it wrong. But like you said, you're going to have that moment where you get a knowing and that's the black swan right there. That's the one that just goes, okay, there really is something, there really is the information there. Right. And so that's ultimately my focus. You know what I mean? How do we get to that, that, that information instead of focusing on, oh, we're going to miss or this is impossible or that's impossible. It's like, no, how do we get that information in there? And, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a communication process ultimately. So the more, more of a rapport you build with your, with yourself, it's like a trust, you know, you, you end up trusting that other part of you that from society and just from the way we live, you know, we're kind of disconnected from, from that part of us. So remote viewing kind of gives you a chance to be your whole self, um, for a moment. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that in terms of, so I think you outlined, um, we have all these beliefs, different things we might be experimenting with. And I think talking about the willingness to be wrong, go out on the limb, do things you're not comfortable with, which I know when you talk about being a professional psychic, right. Or uh, professionally and intuitive that you get into a lot of things there, right? Because the, to, the honest truth is we don't always hit when people don't always get things accurate or there's yeah. a, there's a degree of variation sometimes in detail. But do you feel like that's part of uh, forging if we were going to try to improve our methodologies, you know, how would we, there's kind of, I guess, a spirit to how we approach that. And there's also a, a pattern of experimentation. Do you have, um, I know it seems like you're always trying new things. Do you have some thoughts on, on where areas might be interesting to focus? Well, I, I think, you know, we probably have cycles of, um, you know, cycles of contact, I guess some people call it. Um, yeah, there's going to be sometimes when you're hot and sometimes when you're not. Um, the way I learned it was sometimes chicken, sometimes feathers, right? Sometimes you're going to see some feathers. Sometimes you can see the whole chicken. Um, I want to remember that one. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, you kind of just got to roll with the punches because when you, when you understand that it's a, it's a communication process, it's like, okay, you miss. If you're sitting there saying, oh, you know, I miss this, is, you know, I suck, this is garbage, or I'm never going to get this. It's like that part of you is listening, right? That part of you is taking that in and it's saying, okay, this guy doesn't, it's not, he's not taking in what I'm, what I'm giving, you know what I mean? So when I get a miss, um, 
I guess one of my strong points is being able to just kind of move past it without being too frustrated. Um, you know, sometimes I'll spend a whole hour trying to make a video. I'll go on the whiteboard, do this whole session. And it's like, yeah, it was just a mess. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Somehow at this point now, I just kind of look at it and I go, okay, it was a mess. And I just move on to the next, uh, move on to the next one. You know, I don't, uh, dwell on it for too long because, you know, in, in one thing I learned is, you know, you're only as good as your last session. That's, that's the saying, right? So it's like, yeah, you can get all these great hits. Um, but someone could just come and smoke you, you know what I mean? You, you, any day, you know, anyone could, a beginner remote viewer can just smoke me on a session, uh, if I'm not having a good day. So it's, it's, it's like very much not an ego thing. It's more of just like, I'm going to go through this process and what we get, we get. Um, that's how I, I always approached it. And yeah, I think we can get to, to better levels of clarity. I think it's possible. Um, using the right tools, you know what I mean? Using the, my presentation on kind of like the left, right brain side of things. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, we're, we're basically like handicapped when it comes to working with the holistic part of our, of ourselves. So you take someone out of society who isn't really using that part of their, their mind very often. And then you, you put them in a remote viewing environment it's, it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them to, to get those impressions and, and translate them and put them on paper. So, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do, I guess. And that's why I always say, when I say we, I suck or we suck, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I like that I, one better. I yeah, <laughs> what I really mean is that we can get better. That's, that's the, right. that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So my prediction is you're going to figure out how to see numbers and then we're going to, you're going to disappear for a little while. And the next thing we'll see, we have your YouTube videos. You're going to be out in the mansion. You're going to be, you know, <laughs> you're like, what happened to Naeem? He figured out how to see the numbers. <laughs> I, I had this, this one story. Um, uh, I was hanging out with my friend and he, you know, we would, uh, he would like take a deck of cards and pull one out. And then I would try and tell him what the card is. And so he was sitting across the room from me and facing me so I can only see the back of, of back of the card. And so this is the, the whole idea of like thinking and images, which is ultimately, um, yeah. I think is a missing piece of what, you know, in remote viewing, that's the missing part. So it's like, instead of, we immediately go to words, right? So if someone asks you a question, the first thing is that voice in your head starts turning and saying, so well, da, 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 what, what is this? Da, da, da. But um, learning to think in images, is where I think the magic happens. Like, so he pulled this card out and instead of trying to think like, okay, what's the card? <laughs> instead of doing that, I just close my eyes and I, you know, I look on this place called Blackboard. That's what, that's where we um, see target imagery. And so I, I look on there and I, I was behind him looking over his shoulder and I could see the card, like from over his shoulder, I could see the card and I, I saw it was the two of spades. Like I just saw it clear as day and read it. Um, so it's like unlearning the way that we've been taught, you know, we've been taught to think in words and the intuitive stuff just, I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen there, but you know, for, for the great portion of it is happening in the, in the, what we call the imagination or the, you know, the, um, the right brain. Uh, that's, that's that part of our perception is where, the real magic happens. 
and putting yourself in more situations where you use that is, is going to make you, I think is going to make you a better intuitive in general. Um, there was another time when I had a thing like that happen. This wasn't like psychic or anything, but this is just the idea of, uh, thinking in images. Um, there's a, you know, 420, that means like weed, like this looks yeah. like a little meme. Uh, there's another one, it's 710 and it, it, it's about like oil, like weed oil. And so I was hanging out with my friends and we were talking, someone said 710 or whatever. And, and someone was like, like, what is that? What does 710 have to do with, 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 with weed? Right. And so I just started thinking in images and I saw the number 710 and then it just rotated upside down on its own. And it said oil. Like when you turn seven times, I said oil. I was like, "Oh, it's oil." I was like, "Oh, geez, like, how did you know that?" That's was, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it just happened like automatically. It's just yeah. you're thinking in images; you're not thinking in yeah. words. So it's like, just like how your the inner voice will will give you an answer when you think in words, you can get your inner image producing faculty to know, play an animation that will <laughs> give you the answer to something and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's funny, funny I've stuff. had that experience. I, I, I do that too. I play around with like um, trying to see numbers and things. And the times that I've been able to do it, which are few and far between, but I realized like when I was a kid, you remember, remember like when you saw stuff as a kid before you could read? And so like when you look at letters, you see the geometries mm-hmm. and the, these curious things. And I realized like if I, if I could think about the numbers in that way when I receive psychically, I could, I could, I start getting and drawing these geometries and the geometries are right. But it made me think about Ingo drawing the seven up, you know, remember he, and he didn't really know that he had, that he had put seven up Yeah. he was, he was getting the geometry and say, he said he thought it looked like Arabic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think we're giving away some secrets here, but I think, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a key, right. To, to be able to achieve some of the things we're talking about is getting back to that non-linguistic exactly. perception. Yeah. yeah it, t- it takes is, no words. You could draw a masterpiece and not say a word, right? So that's the that's the different mode of, of perception. And that Ingo that Ingo example, I always talk to people about that one. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're not trying to to get the words and numbers in the way that you think you're going to get them. I mean, you could get just oh four or something like that. It's not impossible, but when it comes to like seeing them, it's like yeah, you're going to be looking at it in a holistic way. Yeah, you're going to see the geometry. And yeah, um, like what you said, that. things like that. And that's the, that's kind of the challenge of visuals and remote viewing. Cause, uh, when you, when you look at something to name it, that's different than when you look at something to draw it. Like those are two different ways you look at something. I can look at something right away and just be like, that's a truck. But if I want to draw it, you're gonna have to look at it completely different if you want to draw it. So right. th- those are the two different ways, um, th- you know, to adjust to that mode when you're doing remote viewing is the challenge. And, you know, I've done it so many times now, you know, I know it's there. I know the images are there. And of course there's still times when you struggle to make out what it is and to see it. But, you know, I know the images are there no one can tell me they're not at this point. Okay, I'm marking this down when we record this because I'm serious. In a few years, when Naim disappears and shows up in the mansion, it's a dangerous thing to admit to the world that you can see numbers. So we'll, we'll be careful with it. But um, I, I was going to ask you. So um, you know, a lot of times, you know, one of the things that's interested me is 
I started to look back, we talk about reading and I started to go back to like some of the old traditions. And I think you and I are probably both aware of this, but you look at like some spiritual traditions and, you know, mankind's known about these abilities. You were talking about them in a survival context, but it seems like only when we entered into materialism have we kind of divorced ourselves from the knowledge that this is part of who we are. And, you know, it's really natural, but, you know, um, I wonder as you got into remote viewing, you know, a lot of these spiritual traditions are talking about these are part of a greater realization, right? I don't know if, what your thoughts or feelings are, but did you see when you, you know, started to remote view, do you really feel like it had any kind of effect on who you are? And by that, by that radical alteration of your perception about how the world works? Yeah, for sure. I mean, once you really take in that, um, everything is available. I mean, everything is recorded in some way. It's, uh, everything's connected. Um, you kind of, not only when, when you, you know, a lot of people know, you know, know that, or they, they say that, but when you do it so many times, like when you actually do this and you're getting this data and, you know, you have so many experiences, um, yeah, it kind of changes the way you know, you, you act the way you think of things, you know, I definitely went through a huge change in just the way I, the way I function and the way I see the world, um, the way I see my, the way I see myself just really changed over the years. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a, it can be a spiritual thing. I mean, obviously not everyone who gets into remote viewing is going to have a, a spiritual take on it, but, um, the remote viewing combined with, you know, other experiences that I've had, um, some psychedelic experiences and, and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll change you. Right. <laughs> it'll definitely change you. <laughs> I think um, you're, you're putting it probably pretty mildly there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw too, um, you have a lot of thoughts that seem to have kind of this intersection point between, uh, what people believe, maybe what we're kind of led to believe, maybe how sci function fits into that. So, uh, you know, I, I really admire, I, I know you have some things where you've shared some of your thoughts about um, talking about Ingo and his, his ideas on power. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was, I was sitting, I think I just got started in remote viewing and I was jumping in uh, and I think it was one of your presentations. And uh, I think you were sharing like, where are we going to go with this? Right. Because, um, you and I both know if we go search Wikipedia right now, uh, it says remote viewing is bullshit. And there's a lot of resources that seem like they're positioned to encourage most people to believe that psychic functioning is, is not real. And there's probably some very vested interests in by certain, you know, uh, certain groups possibly for that to be the case. Mm. Uh, but Mm. I, I remember you were talking about, you know, in the future, our remote viewer is going to be like hackers and that we're, you know, we got to be careful because it's going to get bad. And, you know, I think, uh, I think for those of us who try to do remote viewing ethically, we're not always trying to look at, at everything under the sun, maybe. Right. Mm. Uh, but there certainly has to be uh, some thought about how governments will view psychic functioning if more people become aware of it. So just curious, you know, um, not fair to you, you know, asking you to do a session or look in your crystal ball, but you how, how do you think things may evolve from here with that intersection between psychic ability and the populace and these kind of government? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, well, now it's, it's to the point where in, in terms of like censorship and um, kind of moderation of what people 
talk about or, or you know online is already getting pretty intense i mean you could say a certain word in a video and it gets flagged or whatever right so there's a there's a big um push for uh authorized official narratives right it's like if you're not going by this official narrative then you should be censored that's kind of how it uh, is playing out right now um so here comes the remote viewers now who think who say they can get information you know what i mean so it's like where's the information coming from is it an official source it's like this is just kind of where i you know i i imagine it going it's like i mean it sounds kind of like i'm blown out of proportion but um you know the idea of the thought police you know is you take it to the fuller extent it's like yeah literally um i could see a day where you know if things keep going in this direction it would be like yeah you know you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to have your own perception <laughs> and give information on what what happened somewhere you know what i mean um because that would be like a security threat right you're 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 getting information from somewhere. Um, but you know, if they did that, they would be admitting it's real, right? In the same hand, they'd kind of be admitting that uh, there's something to it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a sticky situation. I mean, the the powers that, that, that want to be is they want full information control ultimately um, to control all your perceptions. So if you're out there having your own perceptions uh, choosing, you know, whatever your buddy's setting you targets or you're projecting your consciousness somewhere and you're seeing something, um, that's not really something that, that they want you to do because that kind of puts the power back in your hands, right? That's like yeah. you're actually generating something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're creating something. It's like coming out of you and uh, they want it coming from them and their sources. So, so you're saying here's the official narrative. And I think if we look at the secrecy in most governments, I think all of us, many of us are very aware now about how substantial that was, where there were narratives given about the way things worked, even when there was knowledge in certain small areas of the government that that wasn't true. Um, but that, that, that intuitives and psychics can kind of cut through that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and some, you know, uh, that this can't, there's a very a difficulty in shielding a lot of that perhaps from, from intuitives. So it's, it's really interesting that I think your perception and it, uh, your, your idea about how that might work is uh, depending on the past that humanity goes with a couple of different is, is interesting. Are we headed towards kind of this dark science fiction dystopian kind of view yeah. or yeah. I, I think I've seen met a lot of people who are very optimistic about things. I'm not sure I'm always in that, that same. Yeah. Boat. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I just gotta be real when I, when I look at the situation, right. It's like, yeah, you know, remote viewing is awesome and people are, some people are starting to see it and, and get involved in it. And that's great. But I mean, they only let you have fun with it to a certain point, right? If, if, if you start getting really good at this thing, I mean, look what happened to Pat price. Um, it's yeah. like, it gets to the point where you become a threat, obviously at, at some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, a whole population of people who, can perceive things at a distance and, and then are accurate uh, you know, that that's a, that's a scary thought for certain people that want to control the, the narrative and, and things like that. So, um, I mean, ultimately, right now, yeah. 
Naeem said it's good to get good, but when you get really good, then you got to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. We'll stop talking about it or posting in YouTube videos. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at some point, um, maybe if enough people, yeah, I don't think they can actually control everybody. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you're, you're. Well, maybe if they put a chip in your head or something, maybe they could. But um, you know. Well, you know, you, you say that and people are like, oh, that sounds far-fetched. But of course, yeah. we know that's, that's not far-fetched. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, you know, it's right there. around the yeah. corner. So, right. yeah. yeah, it's um, like I did a video a, a couple, maybe a year or two ago, talking about the singularity. Um, so their idea is to have everything connected through, you know, wireless signals and, and everything will be on a network so that every everything knows what everything's doing at all times, right? That is like a real time uh, network of everything that they could possibly get on the network. Um, we know that that's already exists through consciousness that already exists there. Everything already is on, on the consciousness network. So it, it is kind of like a war on, on the natural order of things. You know what I mean? They're, they're making their artificial version, which is obviously inspired by, Hmm. nature by what you know what already exists so you know if they can get everyone on their system which you know which has already happened for pretty much everything we do um we'll kind of lose more contact with with our intuitive abilities because what what do we need them for right we can get answers from google we can get the news updates come on our phone uh we start turning to those things instead of turning inward to our to our own um abilities. So that's, it kind of gets for certain people, it becomes more far-fetched as time goes on because they're, they're getting more, they're going further into the, into the, the, the technology side of things. Um, but then there's other people who are kind of like, Oh shit, like I have something here. You know what I mean? Like there is something to this, uh, intuitive stuff. So yeah, there's definitely going to be a bit of a split there. Um, but hopefully there's some honest, uh, scientific people and academics that will turn turn the turn the page and make some admissions and maybe move in the right direction. <laughs> that's that's some fascinating thoughts. I've I've noticed myself, and this is just me. Everyone's different, but if I if I've watched if I'm on like a screen for a long period of time, or like if I've been watch binge watched a television show um, or done things like that my my psychic ability like my ability to do certain things is it's very difficult for me like i can notice that there's uh distinctly it's harder for me to enter into a state to be very intuitive which made me really thoughtful if you look at like metaverse and this idea of like strapping these goggles on or you know um is there you know how does that impact our intuitive abilities our natural abilities and like you said are we kind of headed towards this juxtaposition with artificial intelligence and you know, this idea of emergent intelligence where we're relying on it almost for its omniscience as yeah. opposed to saying that we have some a intuitive ability, maybe not for omniscience, but to get to a higher truth, to find solutions that you couldn't normally find through just a, a direct, rational, logical pathway. Yeah, yeah. So I find that really fascinating that you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, yeah, I'm writing, you know, I'm writing a book. Uh, kind of has those ideas. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, say, hold on. You're a musician, <laughs> remote viewer. You got your apparel and you're writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're all right. Making me feel like I've, I got to start achieving more. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm kind of talking about that idea of 
how we we're the real um, attraction that we have to technology is really that communication. That's really the the thing that it makes us feel like we're connected all the time. That's the, the that's I think that's kind of like the subconscious deal of it. It's like I can get this information at my fingertips, or I can text this person anytime. I can see this thing live. So I think it's a bit of like we're kind of like longing for what we don't have anymore. You know what I mean? We're longing for that part of us that we lost contact with. And we find, we find it in the technology, we find it attractive. Um, so that's kind of like how I'm proposing in the book. Now that we're at a point where people understand wireless communication, they understand all this stuff. I mean, 30 years ago, it would have been a little harder to, to try and explain psychic perception. Whereas now we have enough metaphors and technology that someone can kind of understand like, okay, maybe my mind broadcasts things out there and maybe someone else's mind can pick it up and, and stuff like that. So I still think there's maybe a chance that people can start to see like, okay, nature has its own, we have our own network that's, that's similar to that. Um, because th they'll believe it when it's through technology. For sure. I mean, they have no problem believing, like if someone gets a chip implanted, they'll have no problem believing like, okay, yeah, you can send him a, a thought. They'll, they'll be fine with that. It's just, they have, they have a problem uh, accepting that you don't need the, you know, you don't need the technology to do it. Right. <laughs> I've seen some of the synthetic tel telepathy that they have created. Right. And yeah. uh, that's interesting that you really need that. Um, it's interesting too. You talk about a consciousness network. When I, when I first got into this, Daz, Daz, Daz Smith, one of your, your colleagues at Crypto Viewing, wrote a book, I think quite some time ago, called The Psychic Internet. Mm -hmm. And it really impacted the way I thought about a lot of things as I was trying to explore some of this. Like, is everything an address system? Can I just, you know, uh, it's, it's all just this big addressable network and I can. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a really cool book to, to get started with. But Naeem, I really appreciate, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, maybe as a closing challenge to you, you know, for anyone who's made it through this whole video with all the strange things you and I have talked with, it's probably a very narrow group, right? But yeah. uh, if any of those folks uh, are, are getting into any of this or looking at the, the future of psychic function or, you know, what, what advice do you have for, for people who may be interested in this topic? And, and um, you know, is there a, a good way to kind of start to get engaged with some of these practices of remote viewing? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd say take some time and, uh, probably first pick up some kind of meditation practice so that you can, um, get familiar with observing your, your own thoughts, because that's kind of what you're doing in remote viewing. You're, you're, you're allowing things to kind of bubble up and you're, you're there to actually take them in and, and communicate them. Um, and, you know, meditation can get you used to that process of instead of being your thoughts, you can actually just observe them and, you know, see what they are and allow them to go away and see what the next one is. And that's, I think that's the first challenge that uh, some people want to get into remote viewing. Like right away, they hear about being psychic and they want to do it right away. But um, that's kind of one of the key things, you know, being able to observe your own awareness and um, that'll give you a, a bit of an advantage over it. And then once you can quiet your mind to the point where you can actually hear what's 
coming up and, <laughs> and I still and, find this to be a challenge by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, uh, once you do that, it's like, yeah, find a, if you're going to, if you're going to find an instructor or someone that's going to teach you, um, I would say, you know, make sure there's someone who, who knows what they're doing that, uh, has some kind of track record or, you know, know that they really can do what they're saying. You know what I mean? Um, like I would never take a class from somebody if I didn't see them, I've seen their work before. You know what I mean? That was something like I never took a class, um, for the longest time. I was just teaching myself for the longest time. Um, so, you know, when you find, when you, when you think you're ready to get into learning remote viewing, you know, find a methodology. Um, there's lots that are free that you can find the manuals for online you don't have to go broke doing it. Um, find one. And if you can find videos of people doing it in real time, that that's a big help. Cause then you can kind of, you'll, you'll learn faster through seeing than reading. Like imagine trying to learn how to play a sport through reading a book, right? It's like, good luck. Um, so learn it to the point where, you know, take it step by step, stage one, get good at stage one, then add stage two. Cause really you're, you're reprogramming, you're, you're setting up new habits, um, of thought patterns. And it takes a, you know, it takes a while to, to get those in, you know, if you ever try to stop a bad habit, you know, it comes back the next week, you know, or whatever. So it's the same thing with this, you know, you're going to have to kind of walk the dog and get it to do what you want to do over time and learn it like the back of your hand. And then you'll start to have some, you'll start to have fun with it at that point. And when, when you're having fun, that's, that's where the magic happens really. When you're not thinking about it, when you're not worried, that's when, that's when the magic happens. I love that description of like the, the peak experience in remote viewing is when the magic happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, that's still that amazement that you can feel even after you've done it for a little while, right? When you see a session and you're just, you're kind of blown away, you know, even after you've seen that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a, I like the way you articulated that. Well, man, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing some deep thoughts and, um, some, some ideas and, uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's it a fun time.